being able to think creatively and to say, okay, there's more ways than one to get this deal. And whenever she understood and, and we agreed to terms, she's happy. And I've been messaging her every day. I've, I've actually had her under contract for three days now, and I've had probably 30 people reach out to me. Probably five or six of them seem pretty serious. You know, being able to help people out by thinking like that and doing deals like that and having unbelievable terms is just how they do it. And that's how they're teaching me. So. Welcome everyone to the podcast. We have a remarkable young man joining us today, Jacob Taylor. He's a 21-year-old young man, the host of the Real Estate Money Talk podcast, and believe it or not, an investor at a very, very young age. We're also joined today by our wonderful Rebecca. How are we doing, Bex? Hi. All right. Jacob, I've been uh, excited to talk to you because you know, in a sea of what seems to be uncertainty and uh, difficulty mobilizing workforces and folks taking an opportunity to kind of step back. At 21 years old, you've gone ahead and, and started your own real estate podcast. And you're actually, you know, we were talking a little bit offline before we, we started recording. You're actually taking deal down, deals down already. So, I've got a million questions for you, but I'd like to kind of start in the beginning. Uh, you're located down in Pompano Beach. Uh, is this where you grew up? No, so I'm actually uh, from Kentucky originally. All right. So you're from Kentucky. How does a young man uh, make this quantum leap into real estate at such a level at such a young age? Was there you know, someone earlier in your life that influenced you? No. So for me, it was just, I had always heard real estate and I had always thought about it. And it was always something that was interesting to me. I'm, I'm uh, somebody who doesn't like to necessarily sit and do a regular job. And I think as you could agree that every single real estate deal has its own unique way of how it works and the numbers are different and the people are different. Every scenario is like a project to me. And I love that. I get to deal with different people I get to deal with different scenarios and I'm always, you know, having to think it's not a normal job where you just go in and you know what you're doing every day. So that's something that Becca and I have talked about quite a bit. There's, I've been doing this now full time for 25 years, I think. I don't think I've ever had two identical days in this business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it certainly keeps you, you know, on your toes. So being interested in real estate is one thing, you know, starting the podcast and investing is a whole nother ball game. Um, how did this come to be? Was it podcast first, investing second or? So here was my logic. So I actually go to school in Mississippi. I'll be a senior this year. I go to Mississippi College. It's a division two school. I play basketball there. And um, I was actually home. We get like three or four days off for Christmas. And during that time I was home and I actually said, you know what, what's the worst that can happen, right? What, what is going to be so bad for me to start a podcast, to start an Instagram? There's nothing that I'm going to say, okay, this is just a terrible idea. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start it. I actually started it on Christmas day. It was my first post. And I said, let's see how this thing That's goes. Great. And I said, um, you know, let, let's go with it. So I started 
reaching out and I'm reaching out to these people. I've never interviewed anybody in my life. I had no experience. I had no prior recordings to show these people. And they're like, you know, the first three or four, they were like, no, but if you can get a recording in and send it to me, maybe I'll consider it. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't blame them. You know, I'm just a kid. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I finally start reaching out to some people who are like, yeah, we'll definitely give you a chance. Let's do this thing. And, you know, it's kind of mutually beneficial, right? So in the podcast, I can learn about what they're doing to make deals without having to go and pay for it, without having to, you know, spend the time and money that it's going to take to go to these different places and listen to these different webinars whenever I can have my own. So I strictly asked the questions based on what I felt like people would like to know and based on what I wanted to know. So what I started doing was just going about finding these people who are doing exactly what I want to do. And I want to see how they're doing it. Cause then I was able to be able to say, oh, I really like what they did. I really like their mindset. Let's combine those together and let's put that in me and let's see how it works. So the podcast world, much to my surprise, um, it's almost like a family. There mm -hmm. are so many people mm -hmm. out there. You know, when we decided to start this, uh, I was, uh, I'm not one for the spotlight. I'm not one to, to do this type of format. Um, and I, I certainly had a, you know, a, a pretty solid resume behind me, but I never did anything like this either. And we found that there is such an unbelievable community of yeah. people out there that are just crushing deals, innovating, mm -hmm. you know, folding in technology, creative finance, all different you know, interesting ways to play the game a little bit different as real estate continues to decentralize throughout the country. Uh, and it, it's had such an unbelievable impact on me that we're putting an outline together for a book about, you know, that first year or year and a half of people that I've connected with in doing this once a week for, I don't even think it's been a year and a half now. Uh, how long has it been? Oh, it, it was a year, the end of June. So all right, so, only a year and oh, a couple wow. months in. A year and a few months in, I have made more connections mm -hmm. and pulled more triggers on innovation within our company than yeah. I did the 24 years prior combined. Wow. So That's a testimony right there. I, I applaud you for this. It's going to take you to places you never thought. It's going to connect you to people you never dreamed you'd be connected to. And not only are they going to jump on your show, they're going to give you some amazing golden nuggets along the way that, um, you know, I, I thought I'd seen it all in this game. And from a deal perspective, maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But from the other side of the transaction, man, you know, it's an exciting time to be in real estate. It really is. It really is. Um, you can do it so many different ways right now with COVID. You know, you can make all the excuses in the world for yourself and, you know, to people out there who have lost family members. I'm terribly sorry. I know it is such a bad time. It is such a hard time and an uncertain time, but it's now or never. Like, when are you going to get at it? When are you going to get after it? Real estate is always going to be there, regardless if it crashes, if it's up like it is now, you know, there's always something you could do in real estate. So, yeah, well, I've been through quite a few cycles now. Um, I've seen this market turn over in 2008. We saw it after 9-11. We saw it. Um, 
hyper local, but after Superstorm Sandy, we saw it here. And now coronavirus, we're seeing it again. And I can tell you that the folks that are putting the work in now to get positioned do the absolute most damage in the worst market you can imagine. If you put the work in now and you subscribe to delayed gratification and you put some of that money away or all of that money away, when the, you know, the proverbial shit hits the fan, uh, there's opportunity, man, in every corner. You know, one of the first cycles we went through, we said, you know, the, no one's trading regular real estate now. So let's study up and start doing defaulted notes. You know, one thing led to another. Next thing you know, we're negotiating uh, short sales with all of the, almost all of the, the large traditional institutional banks, $100 million notes. We were selling for 20, 21 million. And it was as plain as the nose on my face that if the capital was available with these assets, you were going to have massive sell-offs when things stabilize. You know, people forget that, in times of crisis, it's just a moment in time. You know, this too shall pass. And this has certainly been one of the worst we've ever seen. Uh, but yeah. things things have a way. Time does legit heal all wounds. Markets do turn over. And the opportunities that uh, will be available when the music stops, Jacob, it's hard to quantify how unbelievable those opportunities will be. Um, You've now had several episodes on the podcast, which I want to get to, but you're actually taking deals down now, right? Yes, that is right. I, um, <laughs> can you? I, I can give you a little bit about that. So the story actually is, it's quite, like you said, all, all the years you had done this without the podcast doesn't match up to the year that you did. So I always said, you know, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to meet people that are going to be just like me, that are going to be willing to help me. Well, Jen and Joe Delafave um, through Creative Finance Playbook, shout out to them. I uh, did an interview with them on my podcast um, and they really caught my attention. It was so different and unique the way that they invested. I mean, this guy's doing deals with literally no money down in a market like this. And, you know, I was like, man, I got to, I got to keep connected with you guys. Let's keep this going. And I managed his social media account. That was my way in. And I got all of their videos for free. Their videos are like $79. And that wow. was my way to get in the door and to learn and actually be in the room and see what they're doing. And, um, you know, we had our, it was, it was a month contract we had signed. And the last meeting I sat down and I said, Hey, what are we doing with this thing? Do y'all want to keep going? And they were like, yeah, definitely. Let's keep that up. And I just reached out and said, hey, how's y'all's website going? And they said, um, well, actually, Jacob, it's not. So what are you talking about? You guys have been you know, talking about what you guys are doing with this website forever. And they said, well, we had our, our person who was on it. She left. And no warning, no nothing. And I said, really? So that was my opportunity. I said, okay, well, I, I, in high school and in college, I've had Shopify stores. I've had all kinds of accounts. I know how to run ads. And my parents used to be like, Jacob, you just bounce around too much. You do too much stuff. Why are you building websites? How, why is that relevant? I said, I really don't know, but I kind of like it. And, you know, that led me from one thing to now I'm building the website. 
And the turnover for that is they're my mentors now, as far as if I need something, I call him up and I'm like, Hey Joe, what do you got for this number right here? And I had my first meeting with him last Thursday and he was like, I want you to do 25, you know, you contact and actually call and talk to 25 people a day. And I was like, man, that's, that's kind of a lot being the first, first time I'm doing this. And he wants me to talk to 25 random people a day. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I can do that. So the first day I, I only messaged 25 people and I got, you know, 11 or 12 responses. Second day, I, I only messaged 25 people. And I said, this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Well, the third day I had set up all night. I stayed until about one o'clock and I had done my pre, you know, I pulled my list and everything and I had reached out to 55 people. Well, I had, you know, five extra people from the days before reach out and I had 30 people from that day reach out and I was swamped with messages. I looked down at my phone. I've been talking to this seller for an hour and I have 10 messages I haven't replied to for an hour. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just, <laughs> it's overwhelming. But at the same time, they like to say, and I like to say it's controlled chaos, you know, like, you know, yeah. something's, you know, something's going to get done. The more people you reach out to, the more chances you're going to get of getting a deal. Well, that's what was happened. I just locked up. Um, I have under contract a deal in Yucca, Mississippi. Uh, if anybody wants that property, um, I bought it on terms. It'll be a wholesale deal for me because I try not to do any money down. And the money down for that property is going to have to be 20000 because she needs to relocate. She needs to get out. Um, but I mean, the term is amazing. It's $300 a month um, for seven years. And she wants it bought at 175. It's a four bedroom, three bath, has two shops in the back. And those shops can be converted into apartments. I've had several people reach out to me saying, hey, man, is this area for Airbnb? I said, yes, it is, because it's right mm -hmm. on the border. It's right next to um, the river. It has tons of potential. It is a really nice home. But at the end of the day, what are we able to do? I was able to help her out. She wants to get down. She wants to get out. So being able to think creatively and to say, okay, there's more ways than one to, to get this deal. And whenever she understood and, and we agreed to terms, she's happy. And I've been messaging her every day. I've, I've actually had her under contract for three days now. And I've had probably 30 people reach out to me and, wow. you know, give or take probably five or six of them seem pretty serious. So you know, being able to help people out by thinking like that and doing deals like that and having unbelievable terms is just how they do it. And that's how they're teaching me. So like I said earlier, though, too, I have that other one in Meridian. Um, I actually have to send her a contract and it's she wanted 80,000, um, but we agreed to 70. And with that being said, I'll just take over her mortgage payment. And I'll be buying it with no money down, hopefully, if she accepts it. So we'll do a wrap mortgage on it and we'll get a tenant buyer in there and we'll get it all figured out from there. So what, what is the, the housing typology of that second deal? Is it a, a, it, a like, what, what is the asset class? Is it a one family, a two family? What type yeah, of it's a single family, single family. Okay. Yeah. So I've got so many damn questions here. I do too. <laughs> Go ahead. You, you, okay. You can, you can go all right. Um, so it's just, it's interesting. All of the things that you're doing currently while being in school, have you always had this type of drive? Um, like 
and you've mentioned that you were doing websites and stuff in high school. So it sounds like this is something like kind of you've always, you know, aspired to be doing a lot of things. And I'm just very curious. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's my mom. She's a very logical person. She believes in, you know, she's done very well for herself and she is very, very, very smart, but she's always like, Jacob, you're doing too much. Why are you doing this? You need to decide, stick to one thing. I'm like, mom, I can't help it. Like <laughs> right now I just, I'm getting off of an ACL injury. I have basketball coming up and I'm over here trying to make deals all while getting ready to go into school for 19 hours in a semester. So I don't know. I, I like the chaos and I'm thinking, you know, after I graduate, I'm already going to be running. I'm not going to have to yeah. say, okay, uh, let's get into the workforce and try to find a nine to five. No, I'll already be running and say, Hey, we're moving here. I have the funds. So that's my, that, that's my motivation. That's my, why I do it. I want to get out of my parents' pockets. They, they really have done so much for me and I'm so blessed to have them. But like, at what age is there, are we able to say, okay, enough is enough. Like you guys have killed it for me. So let me get out. And that's my motivation to do it. So <clears throat> awesome. again, for, for 21 years old, you're, you're so wise beyond your years, man. I have to ask, what are the, you know, what is your crew, your friends, your, your circle of influence are, are all your guys, are, are you all hustling? Are you all going and hitting it or are you the standout? So uh, I actually talked to Becca about this in my podcast. I don't really have a group of friends um, that I just, you know, we go do everything with. I'm kind of a loner. I always have been. Uh, my dad was my best friend in high school. And, you know, we did everything together. And I have two more friends in high school that I still connect with on a regular basis. And, um, you know, outside of that, I don't really, I don't have anybody. I have a girlfriend. She's my best friend. And her brother's um, pretty close to me. But, you know, outside of those people, I don't really have anybody that I look up to. And besides a bunch of older people, I have a mentor from school actually he's a he's a broker in mississippi he's 72 years old and i like i go to his house all the time i'll text him hey what are you doing because like the knowledge that people who have experienced everything that you want is so much more beneficial than saying hey you want to go party you want to go drink we're in college that's what we're supposed to do i'm trying to say okay let's skip those years and put these years now and then whenever you guys are working your regular jobs I'll be able to go and party. I'll be able to go and enjoy myself and my family and we'll be able to take these trips and do whatever. So as far as friends, I don't really have a, a big group of friends. I don't have anybody that I would consider like my age to be really close to me. That's a hustler like me. Well, you're better off. Uh, yeah. To be perfectly honest, I was very much the same way. I've always been um, ahead of myself in, in years, if you will. And at that age in particular, it's very easy to, um, you know, kind of monkey see, monkey do. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're certainly a standout, man. So, you know, just keep keep hitting it. I think I certainly understand mom's desire to, to kind of settle down onto something. But I'm 46 Definitely. years old and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Like. Mm -hmm that's okay. You know, just keep hitting it until you find what you, you absolutely love the most. And once you do, you'll find that it's, it's cliche, but it's true. When you love what you're doing, you're not working, man. You know, you just, you're out crushing, you're enjoying it. So I wanted to get back to the deal specifically because I just can't help myself. 
you know, I'm a deal guy. Um, leading up to this deal, Jen and Joe had said, speak to 25 people a day. So could you walk the audience through what people, where, where are you sourcing these people to speak to? Right. So as many of you might guess, I'm a broke college kid. I'm not necessarily broke. My parents helped me out a little bit. I do work during the summers, whatever. I have extra money in the pocket, but I don't have any money to go and download prop stream and pay that every month and, you know, skip trace and all that. So I actually went on Zillow and I went to the very last page and I did um, for sale by owner as the um, search target and I unclicked everything else. So I went to the state of Mississippi because that's where I'll be for school. And all these deals came up and I said, okay, well, obviously the ones who are listed one day ago are not going to be as interested and willing to sell as people who have listed 208 days ago. So I went to the page 30 and I have an Excel spreadsheet um, that I fill out all their information and they always have their number. If they don't have a number, they have email or whatever. And I would, you know, jot down every single property that was within a range I like to get around the average of that, you know, wherever that property is. Um, I don't want to try to go in and do a seller finance deal on a million dollar home because the the audience to get that is way slimmer and few and far between. And I'm just not there yet. Um, I know Jen and Joe have done one in New York that was above a million. But um, yeah, I, I just went on Zillow, went to the end, did all the numbers, did it filled out everything and uh, contacted them. Now, who told you to do that? Uh, Jen and Joe. They, they they gave me a walkthrough, pretty much everything. I said, look, I don't have money. And you all know I don't have money. So how can I do this thing? And they have, you know, so many different ways where they really emphasize the Facebook page. They have a Facebook page that they really try to run everything through and uh, Facebook business page. And they go on there and show what you're offering, get on the groups. You know, I, I follow probably 60 or 70 groups from Mississippi and they're all garage sale groups, um, investor groups. They're literally everything. And whenever you're on those groups, you post in there and you say what you're, you're doing. And, you know, it's just like in the podcast, if you're saying, Hey, I'm on this podcast. I want to talk about real estate. People know, and they're going to recognize your name with real estate. So the more that you get your name out there and say, this is what I'm doing, um, the easier it is to have those kind of deals and to have a good background, even at 21. All right. So I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but it's my podcast, so I don't give a damn. <laughs> what you're doing right now, uh, as a, 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 an owner of multiple businesses, I can tell you that over the last year and a half, we have watched uh, time and time again folks that were with you prior to the pandemic uh, and some new folks that have been brought into the mix across everything from real estate to restaurants fall off and opt to take a check and sit home mm-hmm. instead of get up and, and get it going again and get back to work. Mm-hmm. What's what, what that's created and what they don't realize is entrepreneurs like us and innovators are going to solve for the labor shortage, right? We always have, and we always will. And as we're solving for this labor shortage, what we're doing is we're creating ways to outsource and to automate things that people before used to do. 
And when the mm -hmm. stimulus runs out, they're going to start knocking on doors to come back to work. And two things are going to happen. One, the job is not even going to be a job anymore because it's mm -hmm. been automated or outsourced. And two, the few select who are going and crushing it right now and getting back to work, we're all paying attention, right? The fact that you're not sitting on your butt at 21 years old with all the craziness in the world, believe me when I tell you, people are watching and sky's the limit for you, man. You want a billion dollar fund? You can go do a billion dollar fund. This, There's a certain um, thread or theme that we have found is in serial entrepreneurs. Uh, sports is one of them that we found, but you, you've got a talent that cannot be taught it can be uh -huh. polished. It can be um, through education. It can be expanded, but you've just got that certain je ne sais quoi that most people don't have. So keep keep hitting it, man. You've got literally, your, your future is so bright. I'm, I'm very excited for you. Um, I wanted to mention to you for those deals, have you heard of pad split? No. All right. So these are guys we just had on the podcast. Okay. Um, in markets where you can do Airbnb, what these guys have done is they took the Airbnb model and they are renting rooms. So they're taking, you know, a four or five bedroom home um, or, a, you know, a home that turns into four or five bedrooms that would rent at a market cap of $1,100. They're renting those rooms out for several hundred dollars a week. And they're turning $1,100 revenue into three $4,000 revenue. They're finding the tenants. They're vetting them. They're collecting the money for you. They're handling the management. They're sourcing local repair people. They're, so, they're sourcing local real estate folks. So you may have an opportunity there to uh, cash flow these things. Once you kind of turn the corner out of the wholesale game, if you want to hold yeah. on to some of these things, remarkable, remarkable stuff these guys are doing. And it's basically the Airbnb infrastructure. They're just looking at real estate from a little bit different perspective. So just keep right. that in mind. Uh, as you're going again? Pad split. We just had them on. Uh, yeah, it's airing ago. tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to air tomorrow. It's airing which, tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, are you familiar with the market down in Pompano? I'm curious what's happening down there. Um, it's as crazy as everywhere else. Literally, everything's going. I mean, the the properties here are insanely hot, and, and it's is, funny seeing the seeing seeing the price difference between here and Mississippi is just like night and day. So, is it residential product only, or is it residential and commercial? Everything. It really is everything. There, they just finished a um, apartment complex here, and I think it's already rented all out. And I think it's like 2000 a month for a single wow. family or single, single, you know, one person bedroom kind of thing. It's wow. uh, it's pretty wild. What's it happening. is wild. It's really crazy. Is. You know, you talk a lot about the, the financial freedom on, on your podcast. Mm. I was wondering what does that look like for you? Being able to really wake up. Uh, in the future with family and with kids and with my wife and the dogs at a house 
and say, you know what? Hey, let's go do this thing today. To be able to not work and not worry about money, to be able to have those properties paying for my expenses and then some um, to build. I, I like the way Jen and Joe put it. They put it the other day. It's legacy wealth. I want my kids to have yes. money. I want my kids' kids to have money. And mm. when you think like that, like you said, the sky really is a limit because you're so focused on not just what you want, but what your kids might want or what your kids' kids might want or whatever have you. Well, it certainly is within your grasp. Um, have you had anyone on the show yet to talk about goals and the importance of the many different exercises you can you can go through? But have you gotten into goals yet? Yes, definitely. Jen and Joe had um, a whole series about how they got through their goals, um, the progressions. Austin Lenny, I don't know if you guys know him. <laughs> He's my yes, we do. Coach. <laughs> oh, really? He's my coach, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I interviewed him. Uh, I'm waiting to release that, just like I'm waiting to release um, ours with Becca. But yeah, I've gotten with him too, so definitely, uh, definitely awesome. have a lot that we've learned from him. So <laughs> <laughs> Austin is a, a remarkable guy with an amazing story. Mm-hmm. We um, nobody knows this, so we might as well share a little bit of it. But we had done the podcast. And when we were done and we went off air, Becca was still on and Pete was still on. And Austin yep. goes, you done bullshitting me? <laughs> <laughs> Whose goals are you awesome. talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a, a great guy. And he's, mm-hmm. he's really, 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 really helped me. And Becca go, th- you know, get the pieces in place to, yeah. to get rid of the busy busyness what i talked to you about before we started are you busy or are you busy busy you know to get rid of all that silliness and and have a real clear path so good for you that's a great connection man and he knows like everybody yeah he does he he's he's a grinder though like like you said his story is so Mm -hmm. unique and i was talking to him he's like yeah my first year doing this podcast i released it 360 of them i'm like huh (laughs) like he's like yeah whenever i decided i wanted to do the podcast i would just schedule stuff from nine to five every day with people interviewing them i was like wow because there's a lot more in a podcast than just recording it and being done and putting it out there for sure Uh, he's he's not afraid of of work that's for sure Mm -mm. is you know has fear entered into the equation at all for you are you are you is there a fear of failure? Is there a fear of, of, of pulling the trigger on the wrong deal? No, because I'm not going to make that decision by myself. I don't have the knowledge to do that yet. So if I make a decision, a decision on a deal, it'll be backed by people who know more than me. So whenever I go into a deal, like I'm going into it thinking, okay, if this doesn't work out, it's because the numbers didn't work. And I might not catch it, but if I do catch it, like I'm going to learn from that deal. So what's the worst that can happen here? Yeah. So again, (laughs) remarkable that fear is not even a factor for you um, as you're decisioning these things. And it's great that you've got a mentor or two mentors that are helping you through this. Um, A lot of people get locked up in that analysis period, you know, Mm -hmm, and they, they they get paralyzed by it. And that becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. If you're really not does. careful, that that's a that could become a, a real issue for you. Um, house hacking. What does that mean? 
to you? <laughs> so house hacking, I've actually read a few books on it. There's I've watched the Bigger Pockets episodes on it. House hacking is where you go in, you grab a property, and let's say it's a two bedroom house, two bath. Um, you say, okay, well, I want to bring somebody in this house, and they're going to pay my mortgage, and I'm going to live for free. And uh, that's essentially what house hacking is. So, so interesting. did you have someone who spoke specifically about that on the podcast or was that just kind of something in passing that you picked up from your guests? Uh, yeah, that was in passing. I don't remember a specific person, but um, just listening, bigger pockets, uh, just experiencing other people. Uh, I believe I did actually have somebody on that had their first house through house hacking. And then that mm -hmm. actually created, you know, enough room and equity to take a, a HELOC and get another house and actually, you know, do the same thing. So, yeah. And the, the Burr strategy, that's something you haven't done yet. Right. But is that in, in the future for you? I don't know. I don't know. The, the Burr strategy involves banks and everything. And I truly believe that in today's era and in today's uh, investing, if you find the right motivated seller, you're not going to need a bank. They're going to be doing whatever you need them to do and vice versa. You can, you know, in return, give that to them. And, you know, if the numbers don't work out and I get a deal under contract that is could potentially be a burr, I mean, other investors would tackle onto it. But I don't see myself doing it. Jen and Joe did it. Um, they did probably eight or nine of them. And they said, you know, they just had way too much debt uh locked into those houses i mean it's not bad debt but they just had too much debt and the bank was like no you can't do anymore so it's limited mm -hmm. and they kind of showed me um based on their experience that you know the first few it might be okay so i might do it you know i don't know it kind of depends on um if i could have help or if it's near family or anything like that um then i would i would probably consider one or two just to have that kind of experience so this 21 year old young man folks is giving you some amazing information here. There is a whole world outside of what you think exists of people that are very happy to sell on terms mm -hmm. and, and by on terms, we mean seller financing. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes people fall into their habits, especially agents where they're so used to a traditional deal the thought of someone holding a note for seven years with $300 a month with 20 grand down, they think that that's fantasy land and they're unicorns, but they're not, right? Are you finding any shortage of those types of deals? Um, no. I mean, I started really making the text messages and calls on, uh, well, I didn't even make them on Thursday. I was in Huntsville, Alabama, and then drove back, didn't get back till one. Friday, I didn't do it because I was flying down to Pompano. I did it Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I had my first deal. So I ran the numbers, I, I tracked, I, I'm a big numbers, how many deals does it take? How many people do you have to reach out to to get a deal? And I think I reached out to a total of 100 people and I had a deal under contract and in three days. And I've That's never amazing. done this, like I've literally never done this, so. All right, so <laughs> when you're finding these deals, you're relying on the digital assets that they have online to vet it out? No. So what I'll do is, you know, I think 
Another thing that's really helped me too, and I know it's helped you guys, the podcast. Like you speak so much clearly. You don't have to stutter. You're not tense. You're not stressed. You're just talking. And I think that podcast has really helped me talk to sellers. So what I'll do is I'll get on, I'll talk to him. I'll say, you know, what can we do for you? We have a script Jen and Joe gave me and it really works well. It just asks questions to get the answers. And then you kind of, you don't really negotiate. You just ask them questions. Oh, is that the best you can do? Oh, you know, okay, well, we can do that. No, we can't do that. Why can you not do that? Whatever. And um, their script really is, it, it worked really well. I mean, I have almost two houses under contract. But um, no, there is no no shortage at all. But some of the biggest mistakes you can make when you're trying to put a deal together is talking too much. Oh, yes, definitely. You're, 100%. Your expectations have a way of being pressed upon your counterpart if mm-hmm. you don't learn to shut up and ask questions and listen. Mm-hmm. And when you listen, man, sometimes you're surprised at what people are comfortable with. So yeah, really. did you ever get boots on the ground on these properties or no? No. So that's what I, I meant to bring up, but I was, I get to talking and lose my train of thought. So what I did was um, we went through the script. She was okay with everything. And I said, okay, now let's do this. We do um, Jen and Joe during the pandemic, Joe actually has a really unique story as Chrome's, I believe. And um, he couldn't work. So he had to do everything online. So they figured out, you know, hey, there's Zoom, there's Facebook. I met with a girl on Facebook um, Messenger because she didn't have a iPhone. So I went on there and just clicked the little FaceTime button. And she walked me through her whole house, walked me through the whole property, um, showed me everything. Um, And then after that, I sat down with her while she was on the phone with me and I discussed all the terms. I discussed the numbers. I discussed everything with her. And if she had any questions, we could go over those things right then and there and work it out while I'm on the phone with her instead of trying to text about it. So mm-hmm. once she agreed to everything, then I sent over the contract and it was easy for her to sign. It. So you drafted the contract. So I actually got a contract sent to me from Jen and Joe. And what I did, because Obviously, like I said, first time I sent it over to them and said, hey, check everything. And they got on a call with me before I called them or called the seller. And they said, "Okay, this is what you need to check. This is what you need to X sign here. Okay, put this. Everything looks good. Send it to her. So I sent it to her. And while they were telling me how to explain it, I remembered, you know, the major questions that she would probably have. And those are the things that I really tried to make sure I addressed to her. And. Again, you're doing everything right. A huge mistake is relying on the counterpart to produce the contract. A lot of times people think, well, they they may feel more comfortable if they produce the document. No way, man. If again, this Jen and Joe, Becca, we got to talk to Jen and Joe. I know. I know. Creative finance playbook. Okay. I'll I'll reach out to them. Yeah. Um, Because you're doing it all right. You're using your document and then you sent it by DocuSign, I guess. And Mm -hmm. boom, they knocked it out, sent it back. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's try and help you wholesale this thing. Um, What are you what are you looking for for the deals? So for this deal, it's in Yucca, Mississippi. Um, It's one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. She needs twenty thousand down. 
Um, I have a $10,000 assignment fee. And, you know, after that, $300 a month, pay it off in seven years, there's going to be a balloon payment. You could either, you know, get a big balloon payment, you could pay ahead of time, which is what I would do. If you do an Airbnb in this property, there's no problem at all paying this thing off in seven years. So I, I think that's a, that's, that's what I told her. I said, a lot of investors, you know, we don't make money until we pay you off because that's whenever the real cash flow comes in. So obviously we're not going to wait 20 years um, to pay you off. So you can either, you know, wait until the end, do a balloon payment, renegotiate it, which it's probably, I wouldn't want to renegotiate that um, if I was the seller. So I would probably get the property back, but it's definitely going to be paid off within that seven years, I believe, because, you know, an Airbnb would be perfect in that location. Uh, is the 300 a month interest only or is it interest in principle? So um, there is taxes and insurance, but we got it for a 0% mortgage. So that $300 a month goes straight to principal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's another, that's yeah. one of their little ways as well that they taught me. So, so it's just, got... a, it's one little question and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. So that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So at the end of this, there's a balloon somewhere around 120 something thousand dollars, correct? Yes. If, if they waited that long to pay it off. Yeah. And uh, I assume you have the ability to prepay. There's no penalties with that. Correct. No penalties at all. Oh, folks for $10,000 and 300 a month, you can own a, you can own a home here. So um, what, what steps are you taking in the marketing of the wholesaling? Are you building out any kind of infrastructure for that or? So I actually met with Jen and Joe uh, yesterday, whenever, or maybe two days ago. I don't even remember. And we sat down and I have 27 pictures that she had sent me. So I picked out the best 10 to 12 and I put a little ad out on every single group. That's why I said it's important to be in those Facebook groups. And I have the Facebook business page and I have my own business page. that is separate from the Jacob buys. It's just Christopher Taylor. And um, I posted in probably 15 groups yesterday that are local to that county and local to that area in Mississippi. And then today I reached out to the rest of Mississippi. Tomorrow is going to be um, Tennessee and Alabama because it's, it's right up in the northeast corner of Mississippi. So it's really close to people from around that area. So I'll be reaching out to them as well uh, in the Facebook groups. And, you know, once I get a like or a comment, I'll reach out to them on Facebook Messenger and I'll say, hey, I see that you're interested in this property in Yuka, Mississippi. Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything you'd like to know? And, you know, a lot of them have been reaching back out. I had one guy, I put it in the Pace Morby uh, Creative Finance Group. And he reached out and was like, hey, I'm looking to partner on this. I was like, well, man, all I got to do is find one more partner. And, you know, you got yourself a deal because he wanted to Airbnb it. And I had another guy actually reach out to me today and was like, yeah, I'm actually an investor. I do creative finance a little bit and um, I'm like a partner. So I'm going to see if I can match those two together and and close this thing. So, you know, in time, I could see you with a, a website for yourself and chat bots. Right, put the chat bots to work when you're reaching out. Chat right? bots, yeah. yeah Automate definitely. it. 
Let them talk to your chat bot. It takes, it's a pain in the ass to set the script up, but once it's done, it's, it's a beautiful thing. They'll through your waterfall and you'll end up getting offers in without ever even speaking to people. Um, this is, it's remarkable, man. What you're doing is, is is amazing. Um, you're, I assume at this point, you're not looking at emerging markets or anything like that. You're just looking for deals that, that make sense, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And because you're buying a payment, you're really not buying a house, you're buying a payment. Are you bothering, you know, to dive into the comps or are you just gripping it and ripping it because you know that you can net on a deal like that? I think worst case, you're going to net four or 500 a month. So is that the strategy at this point? Uh, I do pay attention to comps for the seller's sake because I like to make sure that she's happy and she gets what she wants. I mean, the ARV on this property is anywhere from 225 to 240. So, I mean, it's a heck of a deal, but she started off with 175 and she was like, look, I'm not going to negotiate the price, but with what I do, the price isn't really that big of a deal. If you want yeah. 175 and you, and, and I already know we have that much wiggle room and I could, you know, if, if an investor gets a hold of it, they can sell it for 240, they're going to get the deal. So, you know, she just wants it sold. So in this instance, it, it's a perfect scenario. She was like, look, I'm not going to negotiate the um, price. I just need 20,000 to move. And that's literally like all she wanted. So we're going to do wow. that for her. Again, you're, you're buying a payment. It's, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. I'm so impressed with you, man. If you <laughs> come across as you go through your, your process here, if you come across any bigger stuff, like, you know, multifamilies, commercial deals, please flip them my way. You know, we're, okay. we're all in for the bigger stuff. Okay. Um, you know, Becca, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on with Jacob? No, I, I mean, I think we're good. You just, I mean, just from talking to you when I was on your podcast, you so impressed me and I was so excited because I knew James would really enjoy speaking with you um, as well. Yeah. And I see big things for you in your life. So. Yeah. Without Great a doubt, job. man. How do people get a hold of you, Jacob? So you can reach out on Real Estate Money Talk on Instagram. You can reach out on Facebook at Jacob Baz. Um, that's my page. You can even reach out um, through email, realestatemoneytalk at gmail.com. Jacob Baz7 at gmail.com if you have anything. I, I love the Gmails because they're free and they're easy to set up and separate. So um, yeah, definitely reach out on there if you guys have anything. Uh, folks, Jacob Taylor, host of the Real Estate Money Talk podcast, investor, entrepreneur. Really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you guys so much for everything and all, all the words. Um, I'm a big believer in the affirmations and you know, hearing it from seasoned investors like you guys, it really means a lot to me. So thank you all for your time today. Well, you earned it, pal. Best of luck. Absolutely. Thank you. You guys too. All right. As thank always, you. everyone, please stay safe.